Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hi, Anna. How's it going? Hi, Joe. Um, all is well, yeah. Where are you? I'm in my cottage in Wicklow, Ireland. Um, in my bedroom, to be exact. What's Wicklow like? I love Wicklow. I'm from Wicklow, and I'm living mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, it's pretty rural where I am. Um, I have mountains around me and lots of fields and I'm about 20 minutes drive from the sea. Um, yeah, so I've been living here for maybe two years. Before that, I was living in different cities in Ireland, most recently Dublin. So I've this last two years, I've been trying to get used to countryside life. It's I really love it in many ways. And I'm also learning that I'm more social than I thought I was. So there are times where I'm craving the city. 
a few people I've talked to recently have moved back to where they grew up. What brought you back there after being gone for a while? Well, lockdown, I suppose. Being mm-hmm. in a city during lockdown was a bit grim and probably, yeah, I guess suddenly we had a, this a huge amount of time ahead of us, um, indefinite amount of time, and I thought it would be a good time to hide away and write things, work on music, and I found it quite hard to work in cities, usually just because I'm living in quite a small space with in a shared house. So moving out to Wicklow, there's just an opportunity to have a bigger space and not sharing a house with other people. That was a draw. And then also, I guess, experimenting with living in the countryside and seeing if it's something I want to do long term. And the jury is out, as they say, you're not quite sure. Yeah, there are there are days where I'm like, right, that's it, moving to New York. Yeah. <laughs> or just really craving just the buzz and energy that a city can bring. And also what I really miss is um, kind of chance encounters with people who might be close friends but are like acquaintances, people that you really, really like but mightn't just send a message to and meet up with it. You kind of depend on those chance meetings in your local cafe or whatever. And I f- think I probably took that for granted a little bit, living in the city. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in a very small town, and I don't want to go back to a small town situation. At least yet. Maybe. Maybe in the future. I keep fantasizing about retiring, in quotes, in somewhere like New York City in a 300 square foot apartment or something like that. Simple, but surrounded by chaos. Nice. Well, I want to say congrats on your new record theater. It is a beautiful, at times droning, soundscape experience. It's it's full of instruments from what sounds like all over the world, all sort of topped with your intricate and interesting vocal lines. I, I really love it. It's it's a really enveloping experience for me. I, I've been listening to it for the last couple of days, and it's I've been sending it to my friends. It's uh, it's great. I really I love it. So congrats. Um, Thank you. And I'm a little bit familiar with Idle Mind, um, and it seems it seems freer. That was my first thought. It, oh, this is this feels free, but it also feels focused. Like maybe you wanted it to sound exactly like it sounds. Um, how'd you arrive at making a record that sounds like this? Glad it was that way around for you. I mean, that's how it feels for me as well. So I was 100 times, 1 million times more focused. I feel that it's so much more focused than Idle Mind, this album. With Idle Mind, in a way, maybe lots of people feel like this with their first album, but it was, it definitely feels like a kind of a practice run album or like like it, literally it was just like songs that I the only songs I'd written over like four or five years and I was like ah may as well put them all together into album form there are some I don't, I don't feel there's a huge connection between lots of the songs on the album and yeah maybe a slight tentativeness with some of them and the way they're arranged um it was also recorded in a very different way in that I didn't actually have a band when I was recording with Idle Mind. I was recording a lot of the things, a lot of tracking, and then like, oh, your man down the road 
plays whatever bring him in or yeah. she plays whatever bring her in um all kind of quite last minute so there's a little it was it was that was that was out of mind and with theater yeah it was all quite it, it came together a lot quicker and mm-hmm. so because of that i think they're thematically and tonally and the feelings in it um i think are all connected because of that and also when i first started thinking of like my next album i there were like five or six words that i had in mind that i wanted to keep returning to for example mm-hmm. droning repetition i can't quite remember what all the words were but i i, I did keep coming back to them and so they were linked to the same root right and to me there's a recollective darkness to uh, the lyrics and uh maybe a a declaration of acceptance of said darkness. Um, That was sort of my experience. Is there anything that ties the record together lyrically? Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you got that from it. There's definitely darkness in it. Um, I think often, at least in recent times, I've found myself writing, ah, I guess death is a, big theme that comes into it death or like maybe not even that morbid just like the like things fading away memories fading away yeah I guess death and decay of like living things age and time passing um family and family ties is a huge theme and then I was bringing in a lot of like man-made elements or things but then also I kind of include a lot of nature imagery. Uh, I find that clash or that coexistence kind of interesting visually and also maybe metaphorically as well. Um, so in my lyrics, there are these kind of harsh and hard permanent things like cement and tarmac and plastic and corrugated. And then also intertwined with that is like uh, yeah, more natural imagery landscape descriptions or I guess because that's that's real life that's that's what I, I see everywhere I mentioned drone earlier and I drone is something that I've always celebrated and something I was really heavily paying attention to from your record um, and I've always been attracted to it I don't know why I can't get enough of it I'm, I'm still kind of searching I don't know if it's just you know, visceral, meditative. I don't have a concrete answer for why I like it so much, but I love it. And it's it's kind of like the earworm of your whole record for me. Um, I had a drone into your, your realm. Um, again, I'm really glad that was a takeaway from the album for you. That was an important element that I wanted to explore and include. I guess I've always been attracted to instruments that, that drone. So like I... I used to play cello a lot and I think something that I was really drawn to was first of all like this the loudness of the cello because I I think I've always had a very quiet voice people can never really hear me when I talk uh, and they're always like oh sorry I didn't hear that mm. so I think the cello for me was like a way of being loud <laughs> even just when I was younger as a teenager and so I'd often just sit and like play to practice my bow hold and my bow tone I'd just drone a lot but particularly on the lower C and G strings just open notes and I mean the cello is an amazing instrument because you're hugging it 
you know it's completely up against you and it's like vibrating into your body and it's it's just super meditative i guess that's hours can go by i think that the repetition and the connectedness of a drone or the i guess when i think of droning as well i it means depth or deep sounds low sounds as well which i guess resonate in a particular way yeah i guess being drawn to cello and then also the ultimate droning instrument the the harmonium indian harmonium which uh, i have one here right beside me um and yeah i mean that's features in idle mind and also in theater a little bit also uh, an organ is on theater but um i i love writing to drones as well and uh, definitely with my guitar playing kind of repetitive um drone notes i think are definitely in quite a lot of songs it's comforting isn't it 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 really is and your record isn't just drone it's a perfect combo of again your your intricate vocals and there's some groove on there and of and then of course yes drone um but i'm droning on about drone i knew i was going to say that and i apologize <laughs> and i want to edit that out um but i'd like to play uh seraphin is that cool absolutely yeah all right here we go Thank you. 
sucked into that and kind of forget about everything. I've, I've done a lot of activities listening to that song. One being raking up leaves, one flying, and one being on the beach all in the last three days. I'm not bragging, but I've been traveling um, and doing yard work. <laughs> um, and I would love to see the whole record performed live, but I can't stop thinking about seeing that song in particular performed live. I think it would, it would, um, it would take over me as it does just listening to it. Um, tell me a little bit about how you made this record. It There's so many great little ambient sounds in it, and there's lots of little string sounds and maybe not random, but surprising percussion sounds here and there. And it, you can kind of feel and hear the room. And all these all these instruments are, are sonically collaborating, and it just makes me think that you recorded this record in a room with a bunch of people live yeah so the people who i i usually perform with and who i'm touring with from tomorrow um are matthew jacobson and ryan hargaden and so the three of us recorded the all the songs live all in the same room that was a huge difference from recording my first album some of which was live but not quite in the same way um it was 
really satisfying recording theatre. And a lot of it was improvised. Um, I barely finished some of the songs. I was still kind of like finishing some lyrics in the studio on the morning of recording. And then Ryan and Matthew maybe quickly heard a demo. And then it was just a case of like, ah, sure, let's just go for a take and we'll see what happens. I like that. They were recorded like that. And so there's uh, there's like imperfections in them and a feeling, I think the, the feeling of liveness comes across um, definitely an energy there that wouldn't be if it was all separately tracked, which I just can't understand how I would have done that for some of the songs. Um, then there were other, there are other instruments that are brought in later. So Brian McDillane on the fiddle and Coravina Slunny on, um, and there were flutes brought in as well. But again, very, imp- that was all very improvised. Um, and then it was some clever selecting of what worked best, which is super creative process as well. It, it was a really, really intense record to make, actually. As in, we would we were recording in a residential studio, so we might stay there at five, for five or four days at a time and sleep there as well. And we had 24-hour access to the place we were recording in. So we could be there, whatever, three in the morning if we wanted to. And we would just spend long days recording and be in such a bubble. It was just a very, it's a very special feeling. Um, and be so buzzing, like almost, I just remember shaking a lot with like adrenaline or something. <laughs> Hard to explain. Um, you know, after maybe playing it a few times and it feeling so like new and exciting. So yeah, I remember like, like feeling this really fizzy, shaky kind of feeling. So there's there's that in the album. It's infused with <laughs> new adrenaline. You know? Yes, it's, it's certainly translated. That's for sure. <laughs> Your vocals take a lot of twists and turns. Do you typically write vocal lines first or do you write, for example, over a drone, I guess, as you said a little earlier? Yeah, I, I obviously can't hear what my vocal lines are like for other people's ears. To me, they're just whatever. They're, they're just the, the vocal lines that should be there. Um, I think generally I find myself playing a particular, it's more with the instrument that I'm uh, figuring out some sort of melody or I'm kind of getting lost in some sort of riff. And then I'm not entirely sure what happens. I think I just mm-hmm. then a vocal melody just is there. It just exists after a while, or or else it's just it's you know sometimes I feel like of course that's a vocal melody because that's the melody I'm playing on the instrument. So <laughs> I I don't really know how to um, describe it. I think maybe I I don't I don't write it out anyway. I don't. It's not I'm not like writing out. I don't write I don't write music like that. I, I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. how to do that, but um, I think I just every time I sit down with an instrument, or I'm again I'm noodling on an instrument, or I'm singing away with something, I record absolutely everything. So I have thousands of voice notes and recordings, and then there are times where I do just listen through and I like remember bits that I particularly like, and then I might hone in on that particular melody, that vocal line. And when I say mm-hmm. vocal line, all I'm singing is just vowel sounds or random random sounds that aren't sure. yeah. English. And I think what I'm actually looking out for as well is like particular rhythms that I really like. And then I actually 
find words that fit that rhythm. That's actually as a starting point, you know. That's yeah. often how I think rhythm, vocal rhythm is like a big driver. Yeah, that makes sense to me now that you say that. What is your primary instrument or do you have a primary instrument? I think now, by now, I, at this point, I can say it's guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can, I feel confident to say that. Um, I don't understand the guitar. I kind of play in random tunings. It doesn't make sense. The fretboard doesn't really make sense to me, but well, it does in my own way, I mean, maybe subconsciously. What actually in the last two years, what really changed my experience with playing guitar is um, starting to use a thumb pick, which I had never used before. And it's really changed things. It's making playing a lot easier and clearer. And I I think actually a lot of my melodies are quite um, bass heavy, or at least I'm like, I use Mm -hmm. my thumb a lot when I'm playing. Uh, That's really changed my experience and made me love guitar a lot more. I, I should try that. I've been have a guitar tuned in an open tuning, and the only thing I do is finger pick, and I can't really get out of it. It's been in that tuning for about six months. <laughs> um, you have a tour book. Where's your tour? Yeah, um, yeah. When we meet at the airport at four a.m., we are oh heading God. to just to Leeds. Um, so we're going to get there at like seven thirty in the morning and <laughs> sleep for a few hours, and then so we, yeah, we're playing in the UK. We have four shows, and mm-hmm. then we head over to Germany where we have another four shows, and then uh, Paris and two shows in Belgium. So we have eleven in total, and I've already just played three launch shows here in Ireland. So that's uh, the winter tour and. There's lots more in next year, but yeah, it's quite overwhelming to think about, but (laughs) exciting (laughs) as well. (laughs) Um, Your music also makes me think about sort of the setting where you would see it live. What's your ideal or favorite venue size Mm. or style to play? It might be easier to say what I don't like. Uh, I'm learning that I, I find church spaces quite can mm-hmm. I, I find them that they can be quite challenging because everyone is sitting in lines and churches can often be quite cold and also have this quite austere formal vibe which mm-hmm. can really work for lots of music i think i really love playing in standing venues kind of just typical music clubs sometimes where people are able to move and like sway if they want to and feel comfortable doing that um yeah i do think and and actually warm rooms i think that really makes a difference if people are cold it's making people physically stiff and then mentally a bit stiff and then me as well on stage uh beautiful playing in beautiful spaces is also really important like aesthetically beautiful that really helps but then what is beauty uh (laughs) lovely moody dark lights i'm into that as well right well best of luck out there travel safe thank you come to the states i mm, february keep your eyes out your eyes Keep keep an eye out i will again congratulations on this record and um travel safe out there and happy new year i guess ah thank you to you too all right hope to see you down the road somewhere you too. Thanks, Take Jim. care. 